Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Picture this, you've got a burning idea. You want to start a small business. There's just a few things you don't know where to start when it comes to funding a business. Or maybe that's not in you. Maybe you're the business owner who's struggling this last year and doesn't have the finances to stay afloat or get the resources to keep going. Well, Vashon Harper-Young, the Vice President and Regional Relationship Manager for BMO's Zero Barriers to Business Initiative is here today to talk about how to get the money you need to fund your small business and keep it going. Vashon has been in banking for over 30 years and has been supporting small businesses as a trusted advisor. I'm happy to welcome Vashon to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm marvelous. Thank you, Jamie. That's a great introduction. (laughs) Well, you're an amazing woman and I'm so excited to have you here and to talk about small businesses and how we can get that funding because Let's just talk off the basics, Vashon. Mm-hmm. Many people often mention they want to start a business, but they just don't know how, or they don't know where to start when it comes to financially getting the money they need to take that idea into a reality. Mm-hmm. What are some things that people need to do to get that funding? I mean, how do they start? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, uh, great ideas are ideas that are solving problems for people, right? And so small businesses get started because they are trying to solve a problem uh, for for a consumer or business to business. And so I would say getting the education behind starting a business, uh, connecting with a local uh, community organization that really focuses on helping startup businesses learn the business acumen of what you need to do to get prepared. A business plan is so important. It is the roadmap to how you're going to be successful. So oftentimes uh, businesses start out and they're kind of doing it on the side, right? And they're collecting money yeah. and, and they're saying, okay, this feels good. Let me start a business. That's great. That's great. Um, most of the businesses uh, in the U.S. are small businesses. And so that's great. So Getting the foundation is so important. Uh, We see a lot of startup business and they grow really fast and then they need the capital and it's difficult to get that capital. The first loan is going to be very difficult. So a lot of small businesses are very much on the front end, uh, self-funded, family funded uh, until there is that those business financials that can be provided to seek access to capital. So what do you think makes a business plan stand out? I'm to the point I've created my business plan. Now, how do I get that business plan to stand out? Yeah, you have to work the business plan. You have to work that business plan every month to say, uh, did I do what I say I was going to do? Did this work out? Because that allows you time to pivot and say, okay, that didn't work. Let me try something else or, you know, it's going to work and there's just something a little bit different I'm going to do in order to, you know, really feel good and motivated that this business that I'm starting 
have started. It's doing what I wanted to do. And so it's really being engaged in that business plan, talking to other people, sharing what you're doing and finding all the free resources that are out there and available for small businesses. So why is getting funding so important? I mean, I know people want to get funding, but why is it important? And what at what phase should you be looking for funding or more funding from a bank? Yeah, yeah funding helps you scale your business. And depending on the type of business that you're in. So if you're in a cash business every day, uh, barbers, hair, uh, hairstylists, you get cash every day. So you may not need uh, a, a, a loan because you're, you're cash flowing every day. But you may decide, okay, I do need to get a loan for equipment. I need hair dryers. I need things like that. And so that funding, we call that a term loan because then you pay it back over time. There's really not a need for a line of credit in a cash business type of situation. But if you're in a business that you need to do the work first before you get paid, then you need to have cash available so that you can do that work and then you can bill for uh, the work after it gets completed. So having either, you know, having cash on hand on your balance sheet to help you continue to operate until you get paid or having a line of credit in place so that you can borrow against it, get the work done, and then you pay down the line of credit after uh, uh, you receive your payment from your invoice. So it depends. So as far as you, your life and your experience goes, how has it helped you conceptualize when it comes to banking and helping others? What is some of that experience that you can draw on that has helped you when it comes to helping small business owners? Yeah. Uh, mainly when I got into banking, it, it was kind of interesting uh, because I thought, oh my God, I don't want to do sales. Sales, is, it was just such a turnoff for me, right? And then yeah. when I understood that what I was doing was not sales, but it was actually helping someone. And so when you take sales out of it and say, how can I help someone be successful? Then it became very fun and intriguing. And uh, there's nothing better than seeing small businesses be successful. And so that's where my passion comes from, is that I've seen small businesses start out from ground zero. And today they're doing very well, not only for themselves, but for their families. And they've been able to employ others. And so it's really a passion and it's a passion of mine. And then when you line that up with the passion of a business owner, then, you know, uh, we can weather the storm, the ebbs and flows of being a successful business owner. So you've been doing this 25 years. What are some of the pain points that you see small business owners go through, but you feel like they could have avoided? Oh, understanding how to use credit. That is probably the biggest pain point, especially a line of credit and understanding that you need to have availability in that line of credit for emergencies. So one of the things that I've seen is that business will get a line of credit and they will draw down the whole line of credit and they will use it for things like buying equipment or, uh, I don't know, uh, just things that probably should have been a, a term loan or you should have used your cash on hand. And then we have a banking terminology called Evergreen. And so it's a line of credit that has been fully extended and the business owner is just paying interest on it every month. Now they need a line of credit because now they have some new work and they don't have it available because it, the use 
of the line of credit was either misused. And let me uh, caveat also to say they may have used the line of credit and never got paid by the person that they did the work for. So just understanding how to use credit and understanding how do you make sure you get paid on the work that you do as well. So how do you make sure you get paid? (laughs) (laughs) You got that answer for us? Uh, I mean, that's a hard one. Yeah. Doing your research and understanding, you know, uh, does this business pay there? Do they pay for the work that they uh, that you will deliver? It can be pretty difficult sometimes, but it is really sitting down with the person that you're getting ready to do work for and understand that you have a contract in place. Make sure you have a contract and make sure that within that contract, it really indicates on what will happen if that payment doesn't come through. But understanding it is almost the nature of the business. You're going to have a business that doesn't pay you. And how do you pivot so that you don't go under? Diversification. So if you have multiple folks that you work with and one goes bad, then hopefully you're able to pivot and work with someone else that you are getting paid on time and and you develop that relationship with. So I would say diversification is is real key as well. When you're talking here, I was just thinking of years ago, I had a, a business. It was a clothing business with another partner and we didn't get paid out by the major retailers like Oh, it was like 120 days Yeah, after delivery. So we had to hold all of that, which would be a huge amount of money before we actually even got paid. So yeah. I think you forget about that. Like you're saying, you could take out the small business loan, right? Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that the dates line up when it comes to your next payment. And yeah. Yeah. Understand. Prepare for the worst, you know, and hope for the best. And so if, <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if the terms you act that- like. You act like Vashon that a lot of people don't prepare for the worst and they end up in bad situations. Is that true? I mean, you act like this is more common. It's very common that people get a little too positive when it comes to things. Is that is that the truth or am I just kind of sensing that that a lot of people maybe over? Absolutely. Being a business owner is exciting. You get that contract with Macy's and those type of folks and you're excited and the excitement can overlook the little small details of what if, you know, uh, you get that contract with a major retailer. How do I scale up? Did I prepare for a scale up? You know, can I deliver on that? Uh, We had an opportunity uh, with the business owner who sold hair care products. And every year for the Black Women's Expo, we try to sponsor at least eight uh, eight or nine uh, black owned businesses. And so this particular business had a hair care product. Display was beautiful. Everything was great. And they were approached by Walgreens, Target. And there was one other retailer that approached them and said, hey, let's have a conversation. And it was great. <laughs> she was so excited. But when she sat down to try to take a look at how do I deliver, she was probably a year to a year and a half away from being able to support the contracts that they were going to put in front of her. The one thing that I did love about it, they said, no, not yet. And let me help you get to where you need to be. But so there was the high of the emotion. Oh, my God. Yeah. Interested. And then it was the low of, ooh, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to scale up. 
but she didn't give up. She started doing the work. So did she get her stuff in there? Was she able to do it? She actually was in another uh, store. I think it was called Kroger's. And she she got another contract. And I believe she went with that one first. And so uh, she's doing okay. She's doing okay. But, you know, it's it's hard because now she's got to mass produce that product and really understand what what's the cost of that. What what does that cost me to do that? So it's a lot that goes into it when you get over the, I used to mix it up in my kitchen and put the label <laughs> on it and, and I'd sell it and then I'd sell out to, you know, now I have to mass produce this. And so the education is so important. Getting that education on the how to, I'm here today. What if I need to scale up? How do I get there? And oftentimes as bankers, we get the, um, 911, help, I need to scale. But we, you know, sometimes it's difficult to help because we don't have good sound financial statements. We don't have a business plan. And so we're in a position of no, not yet as well. Okay. So let's say I have a small business. I'm needing some funding. What are the things I'm going to need to bring in there to show you for you to get me that funding? Yeah. I, I'll go back to that first loan is going to be the hardest thing, hardest loan you I know, ever get. You make it, you're making me scared. <laughs> like, it's like, it's hey, gonna it's going to be difficult. Not impossible. Not impossible. Uh, but it could be difficult. Uh, I would say that if you're a startup business, understanding that we work with other uh, organizations like the SBA for startup businesses, because, you know, we have to weigh our risk. New businesses, uh, I can't, I'm going to have to look it up. I haven't looked at it in a while. You know, the ratio of success in the first uh, two years has always been very, very low. And so it's generally low because it's that, you know, I need capital, but I'm not prepared for for capital. And so the business, not that it wasn't a good business idea or model, it's the preparation and being able to understand what do I need to, you know, get this off the ground and be very frugal at the same time so that you're managing expenses. And so if you're starting up a business, some financial institutions will uh, allow for a business credit card. You have office supply stores or Costco, they'll do a business credit card. And so now you're establishing your business credit history. So I would always advise if you can get a business credit card and that those um, institutions or retailers are pre uh, reporting the, your credit repayment history through the small business exchange, that's a great start because now you're building business credit and you generally could probably get those within, you know, uh, if you're less than two years old. If you're two years old uh, or older, business tax returns, you're going to have to bring the, the business tax returns in so that the bank can take a look at how do we underwrite and underwriting means how do we determine if the business has the ability to repay the debt. And so you want to be prepared with a business tax returns, but not just prepared, understand what story is your business tax returns telling the bank. Are you generating revenue? Are you managing expenses? And are you profitable? How profitable do you have to be? I've always wondered that. Like, give me a, a number of like, if I was wanting to get $100,000, right, from the bank, mm -hmm. how much money would my bank have to be making in a year? Yeah. I mean, a, my business. A general rule is that uh, for, especially for our line of credit, 30% of your revenue is the maximum that we're going to take a look at at the top, right? 
30%. So if, you know, if you're not making, if you're making $10,000 a year, you're not going to get a hundred thousand. <laughs> I, I just want to be realistic with people. Let's keep it real. You know, I don't want to yeah. go and get all this money and you can't. So, right. It has to make sense. And so then uh, managing expenses in the middle and then, you know, what is your net profit? And so based off of that net profit, we can make a determination how much of that 30 percent we can lend out. So I don't have a magic number for you, but you know, being profitable is very important and businesses tend to year one, not be profitable because there's a lot of startup expenses that are being, you know, front loaded on the, on the, on your tax returns. And so generally on the first year, you may not show a profit, but year two, you probably need to show a profit. And that's, that means you've wrapped your arms around, okay, I don't have these one-time expenses anymore. I have the equipment. I have, you know, if you're, if it's a vehicle, you've done that in that year one, and that's showing on your tax returns and you do, you could possibly have neck, uh, a negative net income. That's not unusual. And so it's, what's the plan? What's the plan? The equipment, the vehicles that you bought, is it generating the revenue? What does your, let's say your six month statements look like going into year two? Can you show that all the work that you did in year one to prepare are, is actually turning into uh, the revenue and, and, and the net profit that you anticipated because you wrote it in your business plan, right? You wrote it in your, I'm, I'm going to keep repeat that business plan because if you, if you don't have a plan, the saying is you plan to fail, right? Yeah. Right. So, what so you need a business plan. Even if I'm a hairstylist, do I need a business plan? Say I have a salon. Do I need a business plan? Absolutely. My best friend for life, she's a hairstylist and uh, she's been doing hair over 40 years. And I remember I've been in banking close to 30 years, and, but at, you know, BMO, you know, 20 years. But anyway, I used to try to talk <laughs> to her about, uh, uh, you know, things that we put in place for corporate, you know, you should take a look at, you know, having uh, employee meetings and really setting some goals and things like that. And she said, oh, Vashon, she said, that's all that corporate stuff. I'm a small business owner. I don't have to, I don't have to do all that stuff. And she actually sought out and entered into a small business um, kind of boot camp for her business. And she was ha had such an aha moment and she created a plan. She brought in uh, someone for marketing. She really shifted her thoughts about how she was running her small business and really started running it like a true corporation. And when that allowed her not only to get her head out of the sand of the business, but really managing the business training folks to do well, making decisions if it was not helpful for the business. And so it was a total shift for her. And so to your question, do I really need a business plan? I would say every business, no matter what you do, there should be a plan. Because how do you know? How do you know? You don't, you don't know that you could be in the, you actually could be making more, a lot more money and you just don't know it because you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just kind of going with it, not worrying about it. I have money. So you're not really, would you say, maximizing the potential of your business if you're not, don't have a business plan probably. 
Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I'll give you another example. This just happened yesterday. Cust- uh, and it's not a customer or a bank. Someone I met at an event and she asked, could she call? And I said, yes. So um, uh, she, her product, she's selling it online and things like that. And she's like, I don't know what to do next. And one of the things I asked her, I said, what are, what, what are your inventory terms? And she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So we had a conversation about that. If you're not turning your inventory over every month and not looking at your product mix to say this particular product is not selling, I need to get it. I need to put it on sale, get rid of it. And I need to do more of something else. Then you're not maximizing what you can bring to the bottom line for your business. And so it was a great conversation. It was just it was just a terminology she had never heard. And when I told her, she said, well, how often should I be turning my inventory? And I said, well, you know, I know a general rule at one time was one time. She says, I mean, I need to sell everything one time. Yeah, you need to turn that inventory over one time. But I looked it up uh, for her last night and it said at least 10 times in a 12 month period. So not actually, it said 10 months, but the optimal is to turn it over every month. Oh, sell out every month. Yeah. And replace it. That would be the optimal. Yeah, then that's yeah, where you want to get. You want to get to optimization and you want to move things out of the way that's taking up space of something that is really, really good. And then it allows you to get creative. Maybe you bring something else in that is very, you know, um, uh, high in demand. And you're really, really putting your finger on the pulse of your business. A lot of businesses walk away from their business with a lot of inventory. They do. I've seen it. I've been to the closeout sale. So, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Everything's 75% off or more. And you're like, oh, they have a lot of stuff that didn't sell. So <laughs> the great for the consumer, bad for the owner. You said it's hard in the beginning. Is there places you could go before your business starts making a profit and it's just an idea? Where would you suggest people go? There are a number of resources in your local community, uh, but the SBA has a program called SCORE. And please don't ask me to repeat what the acronyms mean because I can't right now. But anyway, SCORE uh, is a, a group of retired business owners or business owners that became very successful and they sold their business and they want to give back and support small business owners. So they work through the SBA to be mentors for small business owners. So I would say start with the SBA and their SCORE program and check out their mentors, connect with them, Always seek out knowledge. There's community uh, development financial institutions that provide access to capital. Uh, as well. And they're funded by other banks and other resources. And so they're allowed to do underwriting that's a little bit more lenient than uh, financial institutions, uh, traditional financial institutions. But what they also do is provide educational support, coaching support. So I would say be open to everything out there that's free. You don't have to pay for business acumen education. There's always something available in your community that you can connect with and and be a part of a cohort that takes you over a period of time, six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever that may be, but be committed 
to learning the business of a business. I think that's it. You have to be committed. You got to. It can't committed. just be like I'm kind of doing this. It's a hobby that, at that point, and and, and call yeah. it call it as such. I like to do this on the side, and uh, you know, I may sell something, I may not, but you know, just just make sure that you understand exactly why are you in it. And if it's just something that you like to do and you may sell something here or there, that's fine. But if you're truly trying to create something for yourself, your family, your commitment to employing those in your community, then really invest the time and commitment into learning about your industry. There's all kinds of ratios that are out there that are published that you can say, and how do I line up in my industry with what I'm doing. And then to write the business plan, is there any place I could go to get help for that? Same place? Or? Generally, those organizations will have a uh, part of the training is to assist you in writing a business plan. Uh, we actually placed on our website under our, our initiative, a template for a uh, business plan. So you can grab that template and then actually work with an organization to help you put it together. Or at least it kind of gives you worship my thought process be. You could play around in it, type different things in it, print it, redo it, save it. Uh, so that's actually on our website and it's free. A lot of times if you Google uh, business plans to download one, there's going to be a fee. And so we offer that free uh, on our website for uh, our program. We also offer other resources in there that are free, uh, 12 month cash flow analysis. How, how do you plan for 12 months? you know, your revenue, yeah. what are my expense? You can use that. It, all, the, all the formulas are already there. And so you're just plopping in information and say, okay, this is what I can, I anticipate doing. And then at the end of the month or mid month, am I on track to doing that? Yeah. And that's what we need. That's what people need is just something that keeps <laughs> you on track and it's free, it's free and you can do it because I think a lot of people I've seen them go into extreme debt, maybe because they personally had good credit or they had assets that they could use as leverage and they go start a business and they end up losing everything because they wanted the best building, all new cars, you know, they wanted, all, I mean, for their business, right? They got the yeah. best of the best, hired all these people. And then it doesn't yeah. make the money they hoped it would make. No, a flashy penny doesn't necessarily equate into success. It's the little things that you do to prepare for that success. So successful business owners will very, they, they tend to be very candid about what they did good and what their struggles were. And if they had to do it over again, what they wouldn't do. Um, the smart and, and engaged business owner says, okay, I need to pivot. Uh, we saw that in the pandemic where a lot of businesses, they, you know, they didn't sit back and just say, I'm getting this PPP money and I hope the world opens back up because we were in a very precarious position. Nobody knew what was happening, you know, but we saw businesses pivot and say, oh, this is what I used to sell. Uh, but now I'm going to sell gloves, the, the, you know, the plastic gloves. I'm going to do <laughs> masks. You know, they were able to kind of say, I, I can't do what I normally do. And we really got I received some good responses from business owners that said I was so busy in the business and the pandemic made me stop 
and really think about what am I doing? And it allowed me to be creative. And so I would say that's the other thing when you're just kind of running, running, running in the business, find a way to just stop and pause and let the creativity sink in and, you know, uh, just open yourself up to the universe of what other possibilities are. It's just very difficult when you're just running so hard every day because now you're just hoping to get some sleep, right? Yeah, you you can get caught up in the rat race and totally miss out on huge opportunities that could be right in front of you because you didn't stop and look around mm-hmm. to even see what's really working, right? Like you said, and getting creative and coming up with new ideas. Yeah. That's, that's really great. That's a real positive thing to hear that during a hard time, great things did happen. Mm-hmm. People had great ideas and some businesses really, like you said, they pivoted and they became even more successful, it sounds yeah. like. I can't remember what that number was of new businesses that started in like 2021. I think it's like 5.4 million. Whoa. 5.4 million. This is uh, statistics that comes from uh, the chamber at, uh, that does work with the SBA. 5.4 million applications for the startup new business. Is that mind-blowing? That's mind-blowing. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there and they're needing your help on your website. And that that's it. What would I look up, Vashon, if I was looking to look that up to get that? Zero barriers to business at BMO.com. And then that will take you to our our program page. Uh, We designed it to really kind of focus on Black and Latinx, women in business, as well as our Native-owned businesses, really kind of focusing on those businesses that have historically uh, indicated that they have had a challenge with access to capital. And so that's why the free resources are so important that we have available on our site. We talk about the access to capital, you know, the line of credit, the business credit card that's available where we have been able to uh, relax the underwriting standards for uh, those businesses that identify as uh, 51% owned by um, uh, Black Latinx women in business or native owned. And hopefully we can expand it even further. But we like to think of the three pillars of the program uh, all just as important. So the educational piece, we really lean in hard on that. And then our collaboration with other organizations that really have a focus on helping small business owners. So we have about, we're expanding to our new markets. Uh, We had an acquisition in February. And so we'll have about 52 uh, organizations that we partner with where we're providing, you know, maybe some grant assistance to to help continue to deliver small business educational training opportunities to network, which is so important. Uh, Businesses, if they are giving a platform to network, they tend to identify other businesses that they can do business with. Right. Oh. I need a I need mm-hmm. an accountant. I need a I need an attorney because I got I have this business, but I don't have these relationships. So the ability to create networking opportunities is real important as well. So all three of those pillars of the program is if, if we can just continue to make it work well, we will hopefully see more businesses make it past that two year period and really, really enjoy what they envision owning a business was all about. 
that the excitement they had in the beginning is still there, right? In two years and not like, why did I ever do this? <laughs> I right. ruined my life. You know, what I, like you said, that's it. But they didn't have those tools. And that's why we want you to come on is because the tools are out there. A lot of people just aren't aware of them. And having sites, BMO and different companies that are doing that to help small business owners is huge. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to be aware of that, that they can go there. There's places you can go to help you with your business plan, help you to network, answer those questions you need, and they're not going to charge you. And I think that's a huge thing because I don't know if that's always been there. Mm -hmm. I I looked before it when I was starting a small business years and years ago, and I Mm -hmm. kind of was on my own, and I wish I could have gone to a place like this to help me out. And now I know I can have my friends and my listeners go there and Mm -hmm. learn all these amazing things so that they can have that dream of owning their business and being successful. Yeah, the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, uh, going back to resources, the Chamber of Commerce is very big on helping uh, small businesses. And so uh, your local Chamber of Commerce, uh, you may have a Chamber of Commerce that really focuses on Black businesses or Hispanic businesses or women in business. Uh, There's a lot of uh, uh, organizations that uh, really focus and hone in on women because women have had their own unique problems and challenges with owning their own business. It's not been that long ago. A woman could not get a loan without her husband signing. It's not been that long ago. Yeah. That's wild to me, right? And there probably wasn't very many women-owned business owners even like 40 years ago, to be honest. I bet it's only been in the last like 20 years that we've really seen the uptick in women and minority-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we still have a long way to go because of the the economic gap that was created because you were a woman or because you were a black or Hispanic business or you were a native owned business that are the native owned businesses have their own set of unique challenges as well. When you think about all the rules and regulations that they have on on their land, you know, and so how do they get access to how does the bank wrap their arms around filling uh, that uh, extending credit is something that is not as risky as we thought it was. So it's the banks, the financial institutions really taking a step back and understanding what the unique challenges have been historically. And then how do we solve for that? Because just throwing, having access to capital is great. It is great. But how do you use it correctly so that once you get it, you are sustainable over the long term. So it's more than just getting giving capital to people. It's about educating people so that they can be successful. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, you can give people money, but if they don't know what to do with it, it's not going to do anything. It's They'll very emotional. <laughs> it's very emotional. You're excited. You got this $50,000 line of credit, you know? Um, it, it, and so you, you have that defining moment of saying, okay, I got, I have $50,000. The bank has now loaned me. How does that fit in my plan? And am I sticking to the plan? So that, that whole taking a step back and breathing and really staying focused on the business and shutting out the noise that, you know, could really cause you to make a bad decision and takes you a long time to get out of it. You know, I, that whole mind meditation thing, I believe in it, <laughs> you know. that. Oh, so do I. 
taking a deep breath and, and just really, really getting in touch with your why, your purpose. And then if it doesn't, if the decision doesn't align with that, your purpose, then it's probably not going to bode well in the end. And this, I, let me say this, folks will make mistakes. If having your own business is truly what you're destined to do, you will have some failures and you're going to get back up and you're going to keep moving. And that to me is the business owner that says, yes, I've had some challenges in the past, but I know I was destined to own my own business. And so I figured out how to overcome. I got up every day and thought about how do I make this a great day? And I look at my business plan and say, these are the three things that I said I was going to do and I'm going to do them. I love that. That's great. Great advice, Vashon. I also ask all of my listeners one question, and that is, what does live richer mean to you? Oh, gosh, live richer means to me that I am okay every day when I wake up with what's in store for me. And so um, I think about what it is that I want to do, and I really don't linger too much on the negative. Negative feelings, they'll come, but you have to ask yourself, okay, is it true? Is it true? What if is what I'm feeling is true? And if it's not true, then you just disregard it and you and you move on. So just really trying to operate in in, in a positive atmosphere, being positive to someone else, because it's not always easy. We, you know, we go through a lot of day to day. So just being a positive being, not just for myself, but for others. I 100% agree with you. Positivity is a positive thing. And so is negativity. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to stay focused on the positive. Because that negative can take you down, it can take you down as a business owner, it can take you down as an individual. So it's very important to focus on the positive. I 100% agree with you. And to just taking that step back and taking that deep breath and just sometimes just meditate, yeah. right? Yeah. And ask yourself why, and then find that peace that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree. And I'm glad you shared that with all of us because I know it's going to help us out for the rest of the week and hopefully for the rest of our lives when it comes to how to empowering ourselves during the day and then how to empower ourselves when it comes to being a business owner and yeah. getting that help we need because you're going to have some negative days. You're going to have some days you're going to want to quit. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can sit, do just like you just said, ask yourself the question, why? Find that, get that negativity out of there. Mm -hmm. Stay on the positive and find out the things that work so you can be successful. Yeah. yeah. And I totally agree with all of that. And I'm glad you guys are doing these things for people. I think it's going to truly change people's lives. And that's exactly what you're doing, Vashon, sharing your knowledge and wisdom, helping people accomplish their dreams of being an entrepreneur and owning that small business. Mm -hmm. And now I just want to tell all of you the thing I tell you at the end of every episode, and that is to remember to live richer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at livericherpod at gobankingrates.com. <laughs>